Hey, humanoids. On today's episode of The Masked Man Show, the podfather Bill Simmons and I are going to discuss the greatest Royal Rumble or house show or whatever it was. We're talking about Roman Reigns and how awesome that is. We're going to talk a little bit about the potential WWE Fox deal, and we're going to look forward to Backlash. As always, we're brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can check out the Ringer NBA show for all things NBA playoffs. Plus, if you're a Westworld fan or a media and politics fan, I have two other podcasts. Westworld The Recapables has its own feed, and we're breaking down every episode of Westworld now maybe twice a week. And also the Press Box with me and my good friend Brian Curtis is on Channel 33. And be sure to check out TheRinger.com, where we have so much fantastic stuff this week. Just too much to even mention. Now, hit the damn music. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Rust Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to And you're listening to You're to, listening to You are listening to You're listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. Dave Schilling is uh, working a remote show in a foreign country and taking his place this week. A very special guest, the man in charge. It's Bill Simmons. How you doing, man? I hit Schilling with a steel chair <laughs> and then threw salt in his eyes. And now I'm here. We've got so much. I've been I've been wanting to have you on the show for so long. Because I do. I'm following stuff. I, I'm, I, I have opinions. I'm ready. Every time that we talk, we talk about wrestling. Um, it's usually a little bit more like, you know, second tier or second level conversations. Like, what are they doing with this guy? What should they do with their TV deal? Whatever. And of course, like the week that it works out, the Iran is the most just like, like substance and fact filled week. Um, so we got to get through a little bit as a formality. The greatest Royal Rumble was on Friday. Watched a lot of it. Yeah. Same. Um, I didn't get to watch a lot of it in real time, which made me slightly less eager because it's as, like as soon as it was over as soon as it was halfway through but it definitely once it was over you know the question going in is is this a big is this a giant pay-per-view or is this a house show and it turned out it was a house show basically i mean it was it had a, many more superstars and a bunch of glitz and it was, glamour it was a sausage party yeah it was definitely a sausage hey, woman, party stay home we're in saudi arabia you can't be part of this very awkward that was awkward especially um, during like the most important year of Women's wrestling, probably in the history of the of the entire company, it's like. Uh, but look, I don't, I don't begrudge them for doing that. No, like they're building this whole business out there, and that's just the way it is over there. I think if they had had Triple H out, like you know, three weeks earlier, saying we can't change their culture, but we can, you know, but we can try to work from the inside or whatever, like that, that would have been better. I always talk about expectations, and it was just sort of like they. I think they should have been, I think WWE should have been vocal about the fact that no women were going to be there and why, and, and you know, get, at least give like a PR department approved statement on the matter at the very beginning. 
It's um, tough because you're trying to build a business there too, and you're hoping things are going to eventually change over there. Yeah, and, and Dave Meltzer, I think, said, you know, that, that any, I mean, made the correct point that almost any company would do the exact same thing. If someone came to New Japan and said, we want to pay you millions of dollars to run a show, but you can't use American wrestlers, they probably would have said, they would say, fine. Uh, by know? the way, I would do that for the ringer as well. <laughs> Yeah. If they, what if would the be ringer, the line ringer for the Japan, ringer? I'm happy to get rid of you and and a bunch of others and just <laughs> have Japanese writers. Let's do it. Call uh, us. You're gonna get some calls. That's 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 the important. We thing. We need satellite websites. <laughs> um, it's funny. I was thinking about with this pay per view. I think I'm almost, I'm nearing 40 years of being a wrestling fan. Oh yeah. Wow. I don't know exactly what year it was, but it was somewhere. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm still like two, three years away, but I feel like I've graduated. Like, you know, in Scientology, we have the Thetans. You're like <laughs> Thetan seven. Yes. I feel like I've graduated whatever the final level is with the wrestling. And I'm watching, you know, the main event and I'm not even watching the wrestling as much as the narrative. And then the fact that they screwed over Reigns yet again. Yeah. But then the finish and I'm like, I'm racking my brain of 40 years of wrestling, trying to figure out if that finish has ever happened before. And I'm sure it has, but yeah. I don't really remember it happening in it, that good of a way. Yeah, they 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 did it really well. I, I don't know. I mean, as a fan, I mean, I, as someone who went into WrestleMania thinking that Reigns was a hundred percent surefire lock to win. Um, well, I, I think. By the way, I think Reigns felt that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he found out right I, before. I think I said this on the show or wrote it in my in a, in a piece, but I was sitting behind Reigns's family during that sad. match. And the last time that, that Reigns was supposed to beat Lesnar at WrestleMania and did not, his dad, you know, famously, at least the, the reports are like, got really pissed off and got slightly out of control. Yeah. And he's a giant, scary man. And that was the thing. So I once I realized I was sitting next to him, I got a little bit scared. And that was the first time it crossed my mind that he might not win because I was flashing back to the previous right. time. Um, well, th so there's two separate. The I mean, the small storyline in that is just like, Really inventive finish. I don't know. I, I yeah. like when things collapse. And this, I think the most famous one ever was mankind going through the top. Sure, that but was not that was not planned at all. But yeah, you don't think that was planned? Him falling through the cage. You but never thought. You don't think that was rigged? Everybody says it wasn't. That it was accidental. Oh really? Yeah. I always thought that was rigged, and he was like the ballsiest human being ever for doing that. Yeah, I mean, oh my god! So he could have died. Oh, for hundred, he probably should have died. I think that the the number one, if you need evidence that that, I, I think that actually it's it's a good question because, um, as we see from like Hulk Hogan talking about fighting Andre, like the most interesting thing when you're inside the business, they know that kayfabe's dead, right? They know that like everybody knows wrestling's fake, but every wrestler tries to reconstruct the realness of it in some different way. So for Hogan, it's like, I didn't know if Andre was going to let me win, you know, and yeah. for, and and then there's all these stories about, you know, that guy was a legit badass and he could beat anybody up in the ring. And he so it was, you know, whatever. Um, so there's story like if, like it would make sense that they would say that collapsing if it was like if there was a slight mistake involved, they would build it up as it being like this was well, totally unscripted. Not that far from Owen Hart either. Exactly. Like he could have broken his neck. Yeah. My rule of thumb is. When your tooth comes through your nose, something bad happened. Yes, well, know, it's just one of my rules. The real the, so the thing I watched with on that bump when he fell through the bumps, even the wrong word, but when he fell through the top of the cage was that the <laughs> chair the I chair think, fell <laughs> and hit him in the face, like or whatever. Like that's maybe what knocked his teeth out. But if it was even a little bit supposed to happen, that chair would not have been on the same piece that was a, that was falling through. I think that is the most unbelievable moment in the history of the WWE. Yeah, I think all things considered. 
removing the own the terrible own heart sure. thing because in that fortunately that wasn't televised. But um, I just can't believe that happened. I remember when my my son got into wrestling finally. That was like the first thing I wanted to show him. Yeah, I can't believe Mick Foley survived that. Sure. All the different ways it could have gone wrong. He wrestled again after that. It's yeah. the Undertaker's greatest moment, other than maybe the Shawn Michaels match. Yeah, um, just amazing. So that was the so the small version of it was wow, that what a cool finish that Reigns went through the cage yeah. and that they had to arrange this. And but then the big picture version is like, how long can this Reigns thing go? How long can they dick tease us with him winning the title, but not actually winning it? It actually is becoming a cool storyline. It's exactly what I was going to say. They, it's weirdly going well now, right? <laughs> it's not going well, but I, but I do. But like my hot take coming into the show, yeah, was that like the the worse this goes, the more of an epic story this is becoming. And, and part of it is just and the real life versus wrestling blurring together now, and it's yeah. all the stuff I like about wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Kenny Herzog, or, uh, who writes about wrestling for us, on about, about Bray Wyatt randomly the other day, and how the fact that his character, like, we keep b- waiting for his character to really evolve, and it's and it seems like now it's never going to. I mean, he's it's small evolutions. What he's doing now is different when he was doing a month ago. Obviously, it's still awful. But yeah, okay, it's awful. But in some ways, it's like like when you do the career retrospective, or what do you, if you try if you wanted to do a fifteen minute the entire career of him video. It holds together, you know. I mean, there's it's a straight line as opposed to Bray Wyatt shows up as a biker one day, or you know, whatever. It's True. a it. There's it. If you keep on, so I don't want to give him too much credit. I mean, if you keep Please on doing don't. the same thing monotonously, it it does look better in retrospect. But that doesn't mean the day to day is interesting. So with Roman Reigns, that's the question, right? My is, son and I were playing two K eighteen. Uh huh. And we'd want to do a triple threat match where we could team up and beat the hell out of the third guy. Uh huh. So we picked our guys and it was like, who should be the third guy? Who should we kill? Who should we just beat up? Who don't we like? Yeah. My son was like, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. He needs to go away. It wasn't even like, I can't stand that guy. He's a heel. He's more like, this guy's done. It's over. We need to get rid of Bray Wyatt. So that's who we beat up. Anyway, I interrupted you. Um, I thought you were going to say Roman Reigns, which would have been no. My son still likes Roman Reigns, and I think this is. I'm I'm not kidding. I think this is a really compelling storyline now. Yeah, I think I keep wanting to. They keep roping me into thinking this is the time he's going to win. I in Saudi Arabia, I was like, actually, this is when he's going to win. This is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, and then he didn't win again. And I think we're all kind of worn out on Brock Lesnar matches, aren't we? Is there anyone yes. out there like, wow, I can't wait to see where this Brock Lesnar match goes? He's got yeah, three different ways it could go. Yeah. It, it, Brock's matches have gotten very monotonous. I mean, I, was, I gave him a lot of shit last year because he all of his matches were really short. Like, we would get hyped up and then they would be like literally eight minutes long. Or he'd do triple threat matches where he was, or, mo- or four person matches where he was literally lying under the announce table for 15 minutes, or, you know. Um, and, it, and it seems like part of the match, the gimmick for him now is he's really beating the shit out of the guy in real life. Yes. So that's what we, it's, it's basically old. It's basically old John Cena shtick where like it's the same beats every single match. And they do they they find some way to trick you into thinking the match has been going on for 20 minutes, three minutes in. Um, but except the difference with Brock is that, yeah, he's really like you f- feel like he's really hurting people. Like if you're in a if you're in a storyline with Brock, you're kind of bummed out. Like, wow, yeah, this 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 is I'm not going to feel right for about six months after this sure even if everything goes correctly you're, you're probably not going to feel you're right just getting that so anyway so that was really that that i thought i don't think the fans will ever buy into roman reigns as like nah actually i like you now it's never gonna be like that 
but it's still the most compelling storyline right now. Give me a better one, other than maybe can Ronda Rousey do this again in a match? Yeah, and can, was that six months of preparation for one great match? But it's not replicable. So yeah, the Rousey storyline is really interesting. Daniel Bryan, obviously, it takes, but the fact that he's not going to magically come back and be title material, and just in terms of his physical well being, you know, he's got to work his way back up. He's got to get some minor league reps. What's your What's your hot take on Bryan? Controversial. I hope. I hope everyone's <laughs> okay, that. go. I don't like the Daniel Bryan comeback. Really? I'm worried about him the whole time. Every know, time he tough. gets hit in the head, every time he takes a bump, I, I'm I'm watching him the same way I would watch like my four year old kid on the jungle gym or something. Like uh-huh. it's not enjoyable to me. I don't. There's a recklessness that he had that I think is what made him great. Yeah. Which I think is what made Ray Mysterio great and some of these other guys just like these little guys that threw their bodies around with uh-huh. reckless abandon. And now I don't feel like he can be reckless like that. So what is he? Ray's a good comp because his last period in is in WWE was not reckless. It was a lot of flip, you know, it was the, it was very careful. And it didn't you know, work high as flying well. moves. Well, did, I mean, that's I mean he was as famous as he I mean as, as famous as he would ever be, but that's that's WWE. I mean, a lot of that's just the the repetition and the and the pop or whatever. But he came to our Andre the Giant premiere and I met him. I got a picture of them. He's like four foot three. Yeah, he is very it's, small. It's, it's unbelievable how tiny he is. And then you think about all the guys he has wrestled against. And it's really like David and Goliath. Oh, sure. I wish I had appreciated it more. Well, all, no, in all seriousness, what is he like? Five, six? Yeah, probably. Five, five? Probably. Couldn't, but one of the great athletes we've had. Absolutely true. Wrestling. I mean, all the wrestlers are smaller than you think they're going to be, except for, right. except some of them just or just are larger than life. I mean, it's like someone like John Cena, who I might have an inch on John Cena or something, but he just feels like he's six inches taller than me. They're either bigger than you think they are going to be or smaller. Yeah. CM Punk, I've said, is always big, was always bigger than I thought. Taller. Yeah. AJ Styles is tiny. He's probably like five, nine. And I was, I was. Yeah, but I never felt like I was towering over AJ when I met him. No, but he just seems bigger in the ring for some reason. What would you, what would your power rankings be right now for? Oh man, most va- most valuable WWE talent right We're now. actually talking about this. Um who's we? I'm more important than whoever. I know, else I know. Was. I'm saying I've, I've I'm here I, right now. I, I'm telling I'm just I'm just letting you know that Dave I've tried Schoen to have couldn't this, show up. I yeah. hit him with a chair. I tried to have this conversation and I failed because I, I I don't actually know the answer. Um I think that the most va- some of the most valuable people are not not necessarily would be would not necessarily be at the top of any other version of power rankings. But I think Seth Rollins is way up there right now because he's performing at a really high level all the time and has been anchoring TV when he's been healthy for a couple years. Him and Styles are the, the, Styles the is, great workers right now. Yeah, and Styles is a star. I mean, Styles has the sort of like next level gravitas that Seth doesn't. I think um, I think Reigns is their most important guy. Yeah. I know that's like the hottest, craziest take ever, but... It's the most compelling story, and it's going to continue to be. I think the inter- the interesting parallel going forward is going to be watching him and Braun Strowman because they obviously are, you know, have a lot in ve- they're investing a lot in Braun Strowman, who we should say won the greatest Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble match at the greatest Royal Rumble. But um, what's the history of the invincible, powerful guy who the fans like as a WWE champ <sighs> slash WWF champ? It's not great when he. It's it interesting. May, it brings me back to the days of Diesel, which yeah. is one of the darkest title reigns we've had. Sure, uh, it, there, there's a lot. It's really hard to look at history and find any reasonable comp for for him, for Braun Strowman. 
um, because big guys didn't get that kind of run. They never really, I mean, if you're a monster, you kind of didn't find a second gear. You can, like, if, you know, Andre could turn heel, but he Andre could really turn heel once, you know? They had to wait and pull that trigger, and it meant a whole lot. But he couldn't move anywhere. No, he couldn't. Um, but, the, but uh, you know, I think with Braun, what's interesting is that they're taking chances. You know, when he teamed up with a little kid at WrestleMania, Nicholas. I get why they did it. You know, they, they wanted to kind of push it, you know, try something else and, and really expand, see how far his popularity could go. At the same time, I said, he needs to learn how to say no. You know, because that might that I don't know if that was the right move or the wrong move, but that should have been workshopped a little bit. You know, I mean, that was that was or a just question. use my son. I, th- I think that was the bigger <laughs> yeah, missed opportunity. My son's shirt would have been off. He would have punched somebody in the balls. It's a totally yeah, different match. I know. Who were the two people who wrestled in that? Sheamus and uh, oh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah, they- he, he absolutely my son, his shirt would have been off and he would punch Sheamus in the balls <laughs> and and then tagged out and Brian would have pinned him. And the kid was like too frightened that they used. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, I think I he know he's a, a referee's son. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he had a very specific uh, role to play, so. I actually think they would have been better off, and I think this would have been a great gimmick, and I don't know if they've done this before anywhere, but just Braun Strowman being like, I don't need a partner, I'm winning the tag team belts by myself. That would have been a pretty. I'll take on one versus two for the next year. That would have been a pretty easy story to tell. Yeah, um, I'm so good at the, the, the singles title is beneath me. I actually want two belts at the same time. That's how dominant they I could have even done the thing where they like they could have gotten like new belts made that were just fifteen percent smaller so that he looked bigger with them. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it could have been, yeah. I mean, it would have been really great. I think that I'm. It feels like that was sort of the plan, and then somebody suggested a kid, and then and you know they just switched gears. I'll say it was my son's favorite moment. Like if you're under fifteen, that was your favorite moment of WrestleMania. Oh really? Yeah, the so kid well, getting pulled well, out of the stands. Success. Yeah, that's a success. I think um, it worked. I just don't think it worked for adults. But I think that you're right about I think you're right about Reigns still being really important. And I think that Braun it will continue to be used in, you know, they, they need to figure out how to make him a guy who can carry a whole segment without just power slamming people for 15 minutes. So that's a different power ranking. Who is the most careful property to handle over these next years where you could really mess it up if you do something wrong? I think he's number one. Yeah. Because they have something good with him right now. He's in that really fun wrestling stage that ironically Reigns was in once upon a time when he was with Ambrose and Rollins and Reigns was the guy we're looking at like that's, oh, actually, you know who the guy of those three is? It's going to be Reigns. And it was kind of fun to say that and tell people that. Yeah. And then they actually did it and people were like, fuck Reigns. Why is he, why does it get to be him? It was like, you were just saying three months ago, it was you, he was the guy. But I think Strowman is the same in that same mode right now. And we've seen them mess this up before, you know? It's definitely true. It could um, be the wrong feud. It could be the wrong push at the wrong time. And then all of a sudden, the fans are out. Yeah, I mean, and part of what we love about Braun Strowman is that he's a throwback. But he's any. He, I mean, he's a throwback. That was part of his initial appeal. It's just like, holy shit, look at this big strong guy go. And but there's also an element of self awareness to him that I think is really just important in everything. That I, and I think that's a lot of a lot of why people a hate bit of Roman. Sense of humor, huh? Oh yeah, For he has Brian. a lot of sense of humor. Yeah, um, I, and I think that I mean, you know, when we when we interviewed him, he did that Juno reading for us. Ever, I mean, he was like so game. He was like he was just the most. He he just wants to be everything. Reigns, hold on, Jim. Mark this down because this is when we break this out for Twitter. I can feel this being the Twitter breakout for okay. the Mass Man Show today. That's a, you're calling your shot. Reigns reminds me of Kevin Durant when Durant left OKC. And didn't realize the amount of <laughs> shit he was going to take. Yeah. And it fundamentally kind of changed 
how yes. he acted on and off the court and still to this day kind of burns with him and fundamentally changed how he behaves day to day. Right. And I think Reigns is a little bit of the same way where regardless of how this plays out, I think deep down he's really hurt by this whole thing. I still think he he's bummed out. I don't think he's, what is he, number two in t-shirts? He's number three in merchandise. Sure. I don't think he's happy with how the last two years went. I think he went from thinking I'm the next guy to I'm never going to be able to win these people over. What do I do? Right. I think that's that's the big question with Reigns is what it is. We're ta- I talk about self-awareness. It's just like how much is he aware, right? Or how much does he... It's clear that he's working heel when he does these promos. I mean, in the very general, I mean, in the very like traditional sense, he is a, he is deliberately antagonizing the fans at times. But it's unclear how much he's into that. And it's not, and, a, and it's that's not part enough. Of, yeah, I mean, he still wrestles mostly like a babyface, although he's you know uses was using a chair a lot on Friday. Um, but he, but yeah, I, he he needs. If the point is to project that he's self-aware, they need to do a better job of that because no one's giving him the benefit of the doubt. He needs. And by the and way, I, wait, who is his? Who is his? Who is his? Uh, business partner? Who's what's the, what? Who is the wrestling equivalent of Rich and Rich Kleiman? Yeah, who? who is, I don't know. He needs a Rich Kleiman. He needs. He needs a Paul Heyman in his ear, and also Paul yeah. Heyman trying to get Mark Jackson. Who's the Mark Jackson that he's trying to get hired? <laughs> Um, no, but he, but it's Eric Bischoff. I mean, listen, everybody's been begging for, uh, uh, Bischoff, you know, I mean, I'm the bitch. Why do I say Bischoff for, uh, Paul Heyman to, to jump in as Reigns' manager, even Bischoff would be good. Although Bischoff's not all out on self-awareness either, but just if, something to give him just to give him another look, because there's nothing you can really do except send him to SmackDown and just have him, you know, work the mid card at SmackDown for six months. And I mean, I don't know. It's really hard to recharge guys now. It could be, it could go South fast. If I had been in charge the last six months, I would have, I would have not resigned Lesnar. And I know there's financial implications for, I know the pay-per-views slightly bump, but I just think you're selling high on the Lesnar experience. Sure. I think fans are burned out. We've been in the arena for his matches the fa- it, there's, it's not an electric atmosphere. Mm. It's it's grim. It's not that much fun to watch. It's amazing to watch, and it's amazing to see three times, but you don't want to see 11 times. I would have had Strauman um, beat Lesnar at WrestleMania. I would have built a whole arc. Yeah. And Braun Strowman is the guy who knocked Les, who defeated Lesnar, who broke the whatever invincibility and sent Lesnar pack into the UFC. Uh-huh. So long, Brock Lesnar. So now he's the man. And then Paul Heyman goes to Reigns. And Paul Heyman does the 15-minute speech. You guys don't deserve Roman Reigns. Yep. This is a guy who's been killing himself, killing his body. He's been in the best matches. All you've done is crap on him. You guys can go to hell. You deserve these. Ba-. And do yeah. the whole thing and really turn the fans on him yep. and become the true heels. That's sure. what I would have done. I think that's Jim great. Jim Cunningham's impressed. He's like, shit, we booked Simmons. I didn't know I, said, I didn't know it was gonna happen. I said last week, I said last week that I, I would love something like that, but my tweak on it was just to let him let let Heyman one of his ticks with Roman Reigns should just be to call him a baby face over and over again. Just like I present to you my baby face champion, you know, or like, Oh, like the swerve, the ironic swerve. Yes. I like that. Yeah. That's even better. Just like get ready to pop. Just all the wrestling lingo, get ready to pop. It's time for your baby face champion, Roman Reigns. Just like it would be great. A wink, wink. Yeah. So I feel like they've thrown away the managers. Sure. Especially you look back. Um, when Bruno died, I, w- I went back 
and I was watching a lot of Bruno matches yeah. on YouTube. And Bruno was before my time, but I knew the Bruno of Larry Zabisco turning sure, on him and that. And then Bruno came back in the mid eighties, which we eventually kind of all agreed never happened. Yeah, that that's totally it was tough. He over had here. like the the comb over and just mm-hmm. was like kind of fatter Bruno. But uh but some of his matches were awesome. And I ended up watching, you know, the superstar Billy Graham. And, yeah. But there's a reason I was telling you this. You're talking about managers, because he used yeah, to Yeah, yeah. So when uh so somehow I ended up on Backlund losing the title of the Iron Sheik. Uh-huh. And the Grand Wizards out there with the Iron Sheik and they're <laughs> celebrating and he's holding the title. And I'm thinking, like, what happened to managers? Managers were so why not use NXT as as like your manager it's, development thing and go find a couple like failed stand up comedians or, or <laughs> some hot ladies or whatever you need and really like let's find the next generation of managers. Why is Paul Heyman why is that like well, it's our funny, only they had, go-to in NXT guy? they had Precious Paul Ellering, who was the Road Warriors old manager as the he was yeah, managing he was managing the authors of pain and then when they called him up, they ditched him on that same night. Now the the, the scuttlebutt is I think that Ellering wasn't that interested in traveling and everything, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is a, it is a tool and you can see how it works at a place like NXT. It's, I, I, I agree with you completely. Cause half of these guys don't have a personality, but that's, but the, okay. So FYI, but the WWE, right. But what WWE, you're absolutely right. But th- what WWE wants is for everybody to become the rock. They want everybody to be totally self-sufficient. It's not happening. And it's not happening, and it's not a good, and 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 it's not making the best use of their of of each person that they have. Now that said, when you're talking about value, or who are the guys that you you risk messing up over the next couple of years that you shouldn't, that list is I, that list is clearer to me. Um, Nakamura's on that list. Um, I think Nakamura should have a manager. Oh yeah, I mean, and and another one is Finn Balor. I mean, that list is full of people that could conceivably have managers, but Finn for better or worse, is is steadily growing into this role as a guy who can hang on his own. Guess who loves Finn Balor? Who? My son. Does he really? Loves the entrance, does the crab so walk. Great. Um, the whole thing. There's some I don't want to say this is the peak of WWE entrances because I even I wrote the piece <laughs> for Grantland in two thousand eleven. Like yeah. we we've had a nice run of entrances. There's no way to single it out, but I think we're on a nice run right now. Oh no! This is it. I mean, the UFOs are doing incredible stuff with the music, and uh, and what and, about Rude? Huh? Well, I have issues. You don't with, like that one? I have issues with Bobby Rude. I think it's fantastic. I just, I, I think, I think I would just, I don't, I it's just the don't, best part I've of said his whole gimmick. Show so many times, it is. I just don't like his little like prancing to the ring. I just think that I think he should just walk out just with his arms raised like he's the best thing ever, and he tries to do this little Ric Flair walk, and it's all very choreographed in an awkward way. But the music is fantastic. Music's great. Uh, the music is like you. Someone heard that song and they were like, "This is a gimmick. I don't care. Give it to somebody. Who's our next big guy? Make him do it." But if you if you really look at the '80s that people romanticize or remember so fondly, managers were so intimately involved in so many things. Like even two title changes in a row, Arnold Scanlon throws the towel in on yeah. Backlund, and then the Grand Wizards in there with the Sheik and. Well, yeah, um, but then you go through like when you said not to do a double plug here, but I'm gonna do it anyway on the Andre Doc. One of your lines about um, aligning yourself with Bobby Heenan was like, "Oh yeah, was like slapping an old lady. It was the most evil thing you could do." Like that was a hundred percent right. That was like it was sure. pure evil. It was like being on Al Qaeda or something. So there's two things. One is that they is that you know a lot of the time back then the the wrestlers came and went, but the managers were consistent, right? So you'd yeah. have you'd have somebody who was I mean Hogan feuding with Bobby the Brain Heenan, not you know the Heenan family, not the not it was more him than the wrestlers, or or, Ca- or Captain Lou Albano with sure uh, Fuji and Saido, which was like the first time 
I really cared about wrestling was Martel and Gurria versus Fuji and Saito. Oh, wow, yeah. And every match would go the same way, and it was like, you know, Martel just getting the shit kicked out of him, or or actually Gurria getting the shit kicked out uh-huh. of him. And those guys just tag team and him never being able to get over to, to uh, Martel. Mm-hmm. And then finally getting the tag. Martel, oh my God, he's a house of fire. And he comes in and does the whole thing. And then at some point, somebody threw salt in his eyes. Sure. And Captain Lou did something evil and they would win again. And I don't know. I just feel like that's still there. Yeah. The manager no, no, is a true. fun wrinkle. I mean, I, everyone, I, I grew up watching watching Jerry the King Lawler feuding with Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart. And his and it was and his, yeah, the, and, Jimmy, and Jimmy's wrestlers would come and go. Um, and then eventually you get to get Jimmy Hart in the ring and that becomes a whole thing. But that's just it. It's when I wrote about the road warriors a million years ago, I said that, that, you know, it was important that they have a manager because it, it fills in the blanks on very basic questions. Like do the road warriors have a checking account? Like you don't have to answer those questions, but it is a very functional, but it is a very functional thing too, because you're right. They can do things like throw in the towel. They can, they can do things like interfere in matches. They can, you know, they can do all this stuff that. They just open up the storytelling possibilities, but they're also an easy crutch. But but they should have more of them. You're right. So and they that, do know they don't have straight up managers. But Lana just reunited with Rusev on Tuesday, and he, Rusev's had Aiden English, who's a wrestler, but was functioning fun, functioning like a manager. Um, that's one example. But there's there's more examples. There's, I like that one though. I thought that worked. Yeah, it wor- it works really well. My son had a crush on her on Lana. The, so usually yeah. after WrestleMania, the WWE kind of. It flatlines for a little while. Yeah. This time they did this greatest Royal Rumble and that now backlashes this weekend. And I was under the impression that they were going to stop by kind of overdoing the pay-per-views yeah, the, and the, the half greatest, shows. The, 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 it the feels Saudi like they overdoing a little bit. The Saudi shows are uh, kind of outside of the normal schedule. So I, I, I that that was my plan. That was what I was thinking too. And to have to do two weeks of previews back to back or thinking about it that way. Did you read just, the stories about how they flew back and... Then they had to like somehow get to Canada in yeah. the wrong cars. It's yeah, their plane wasn't ready or something, and they were. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's absolute rough times. Being a wrestler is a hard job. It turns out, um, but yeah, <laughs> it turns out not a but maybe they, not the best lifestyle. But the cool thing about backlash, and we can get into this, is that is that this is this is normally the quiet period for WWE. And yeah, not now. Now that they've combined both shows onto one on, onto you know unified pay per views. You know, there's not a universal title match. Brock Lesnar is not on this card, but there it feels like a pretty stacked card. Well, and also a more fun card because Brock Lesnar's not on it. Yeah. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Spending too much time at the office, on the couch, or sitting in the car, you can begin to confuse what you do with who you are. That's why you need Spartan. Spartan is an obstacle course racing company with races for every athletic ability and every skill level. But it's not just a race, it's a way of life. With over 60 races all around the country, starting with the 3-plus mile, 20-plus obstacle sprint, all the way to the 14-plus mile, 30-plus obstacle beast, any racer can find what's right for them, as long as you leave your excuses behind. You work hard, you push yourself through the weekday grind with grit, discipline, and determination. Now bring that same determination to a Spartan race near you. Let it propel you through hills, climbs, and carries. Will it be easy? No. But will it be worth it? Absolutely. Sign up for the best weekend meeting of your life and race alongside fellow Spartans like Randy Moss. Excuses don't live here. Find your Spartan race today. Visit spartan.com masked for an exclusive offer to find a race near you and view training and nutrition tips. That's spartan.com masked. 
Okay, now back to the show. Before we get to backlash, two things I want to talk about. One is Brock, you know, finish talking about Brock, and two, we can we should talk about the future TV deal a little bit. Yeah. But um, and those things are connected. It's still conspicuous that we don't know what Brock Lesnar's contract with WWE is. And I'm pretty sure it's just like they said, work the greatest Royal Rumble, and then we're just gonna make it we're gonna you'll lose the title and it'll surprise everybody when it happens. Or well, something. if he's going back to UFC, he has to actually tell them and then serve the drug suspension for well, they taking said, female estrogen or whatever the, the hell word is. is that his WWE deal allows him to work for UFC, so he could go ahead and get in the testing protocol ahead of that. I mean, ahead of him quitting WWE. Yeah. Um, what a surprise that he would ever <laughs> dabble in stuff like that. I just never really It's funny because it. you he for me he was one of the suspension of disbelief guys because he yeah. he's clearly such a physical freak. Yeah. that I just thought if anybody if anybody's a natural, you know, incredible hulk, it's got to be that guy. Well, it was funny reading the Bruno San Martino stuff. One of the reasons he was so anti-steroids was because he never like touched any of that stuff. Yeah. And he was all natural and uh, Meltzer, who wrote twice about him and back-to-back newsletters, was saying how, like, imagine if he had done steroids, how big would he get? But if you go back and you watch the YouTube clips of San Martino, he's just built like a brick shit house. Yeah. And you, for the suspension of belief point, you could talk yourself into that with Lesnar. Like, some people are just built differently. LeBron James has a different body than everyone else has ever played the NBA. It just happens sometimes. Yeah, it does. And also, San Martino, I mean was in a sort of transitional era towards the end of his run. But like, you know, a, a guys with like six packs and veins coming out of their arms weren't natural baby faces back then. You no. know, that was a different, that was a different category than it was. Pot, a lot of pot bellies back then. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way. I mean, it was, it was great. What um, was the guy, uh, Greg, the hammer Valentine. Oh yeah. I Greg, mean, Greg, the like hammer he Valent- should be on a porch holding a 40. Yeah, that just guy like, just like finishing a barbecue meal. That's like it's like the scary guy at the end of a dive bar who's been in a lot of fights, except like with a drag wig on or something. Right. You know, it's just like we're going to put you in a silly wig for a joke. Right. And now Kevin Owens is kind of that version of that without the wig. Yeah. But he's like the guy who they've done, even though he loses almost every time. Yeah. You notice that? It's so they it, had the win loss percentages and he was basically like the uh, the Kansas City Royals this year. Sure. But, well, now he's got. I mean, he's losing matches or, eat, or taking pins or different things. He, Sami Zayn, eats a lot of pins on yeah, his Sammy back. Yeah, Sami Zayn does, but those still count as the yells. Yeah, but um, uh, with the Bruno stuff, though, I I would encourage uh, after all of you finish this podcast, which I hope you're really <laughs> savoring right now. It's really a special moment. Go on YouTube and watch some of the Bruno matches, just for how crazy the crowds are. Oh yeah. Like you watch like Bruno versus Larry Zbysko in Shea Stadium or uh, Bruno versus Stan Stasiak in the Steel Cage yeah, yeah. and so, him versus Superstar. The crowds are like out of their mind. Yeah. Like he's coming, he's leaving the Steel Cage at the end and it cuts to the, and it's like LeBron made the game winning three pointer with one second left. Like they're jumping up and down. It's amazing. Wrestling's just not like that anymore. This yeah. was really like life or death to these sure. people that went. And I, I think you could argue Bruno was the biggest star ever. I know everybody points to Hogan, but just for the reactions of considering he didn't have really any sort of PR other than just going city to city and being awesome in some wrestling magazines, 
to get that kind of reaction from everybody is fucking nuts. Yeah, and he was working like crazy. I mean, going back and forth between New York and, and Pennsylvania. He wrestled and with a broken neck. He wrestled with a broken neck. Broke his neck and he came back two months later. Yeah, the doctor told him not to get on the plane. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy what he, what he put himself through. And yeah, you're right. I mean, for what he had to work with, for the world that he was a part of, he was probably, yeah, he was the biggest the biggest regional star ever and and who knows if he had if he had had tv then maybe he would have you know been even bigger the biggest pop i ever remember was the national Sarge- tv i mean sergeant slaughter iron chic i was living in connecticut at this point msg network we had we had like 20 channels uh-huh and they would show the msg matches every month and it was slaughter versus chic boot camp match and the crowd it was like game seven of the nba finals yeah it was, they were so into it It's online. It's a you great know it's one. Coming. But um, but it's definitely wrestling's not like that. Is the crowd energy is not like that anymore? I don't think. No, I mean it's got the crowd it's energy really is fun. up from where it had been. But now the crowd energy is like all unified irony at this point, you know. And that's for better or worse, you know. That's sort of what they have to. What WWE's got to deal with. Well, you were saying at the WrestleMania main event, like. It was way more grim in person than I think it was on TV. Sure, yeah, it was. The fans were just pissed and surly the whole time. It was, it was really bad. It was re- like, and and I was, I was like trying to watch the match, um, and just people. I mean, I was down. Like I said, I on the second row for most. Of it. Like I had, I had incredible seats, and you would think you pay that kind of money to get down there, then you're, you know, this means a whole lot to you. But and it did. But those people that paid all that money to get down there were. We're chanting this match sucks, you know, we're chanting like this is boring. It's like a personal affront to everybody. They're just like, end this reigns thing. We hate not it. even that. They should be I mean, that's true, but they show up, they they showed up to do that because yeah. they weren't watching the match. They weren't no. reacting to the actual thing that was happening. It wasn't the worst match. It was just the crowd was so shitty. Hey, yeah, you mentioned bad. the TV thing. Let's talk an, about that. I have an idea. Okay. Cause I think they have enough people to do this now. Why not make SmackDown all women? They need what, tell me the reason not to do it. Why because, not make because Raw it feel, three hours it, and guys and then SmackDown two hours and all the women and that's it. It's just delineate. the argument against it is that for all is that, you know, after finally WWE, you know, kind of being dragged into the modern era with female wrestlers to, that to, and they've and they've to some extent got equal billing on the big shows to, to kind of separate them from the men feels like a step in the wrong direction. I'm not saying separate though. I'm saying you're building two separate brands, and one's an all women's brand. No, I get that. I think that I think that because I, I just feel like Raw and SmackDown, they can they can have redrafts and fantasy drafts and move. And I'm always going to feel like Raw is more important. I ne- I don't watch SmackDown. Well, I don't it. know what's going on. I mean, but and part of what makes part, one of the really powerful things that WWE can do is put you know women in the main event of a pay per view or on the main event of Raw, and say and like and show that that you know that that's how meaningful this is but, but you could argue if you, you have rousey now who i think is the biggest star they have sure you could launch the smackdown brand you make it all women with rousey as the centerpiece of it mm-hmm. and that's the first chance smackdown's ever had to actually be on the same level as raw yeah because i mean they honestly need i mean they, they they'd have a bunch of new uh performers in the women's roster on both shows now but they they need they still need more and some it feels like just to kind of keep things fresh, but at some point they're all cannibalizing, right? I mean, there's still only 
maximum you only have two, two hours shots though. or whatever. Yeah. So having its own show, I think, Plus, would be Lita's really ready to come back. I was so impressed with her at the Rumble. Um, Lita's great. Uh, Lita still had it. I think that there's. I've I've said that there's room for a women for a separate women's show, even if it's a network show. But you're right. I mean, that would feel. I I don't I don't dislike that idea. I think it could be really cool. I don't think they'll do it. No. What do you think they're gonna do? So do we know what the deal is yet? No, 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 not at all. I mean, there's a lot of rumors about Fox, but you know, I don't. Nothing's been, as far as I know, nothing concrete's been reported at all. I think the best outcome and the most fun outcome would be them going to Fox, sure, and them having Monday Night Raw on Fox, on Fox the Network, Fox the Network, yeah, um, and SmackDown on FS1 on Tuesdays, and then I just think it's a natural crossover for them. And you think about watching football on Sundays in September through January. And they're like, coming up tomorrow night on Raw, that feels like the right audience versus USA. It's like you're watching Suits. And then yeah. and then it's like, hey, on, on Raw this week. It's just USA is just a weird fit for them. Yeah. It's Fox always, it's always been a like weird a cool fit. They've, fit. They've tried in the past to kind of program around i mean to, to make their you know have a monday night block that's appealing to wrestling fans or whatever and it never really sticks and all it is for them is you know it, they it does consistently good ratings and they can always go out to advertisers and say we're the number one cable network because and a lot of that's because of wrestling my wife would be upset because she loves the resident on monday <laughs> nights so if fox if the fraud moved in and bumped they'd the resident. find another place for it Fox is going to need programming too. I mean, so I think that that Fox, the network. And so I think that that's a great fit for everybody. The NFL thing is going to be interesting because they'll be going up against Monday Night Football on a NFL partners network. But I guess at this they point, so is, I mean, NBC owns, owns USA. So whatever. Um, I, I think, I think it could be really cool. And especially if they, if Fox introduces just some new thought into the way that they program. Or if, it, if, if just, if it goes from three hours to two. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, you look at it. But I think that's what, that's all of our biggest complaint with Raw, right? Three hours is too freaking long. It's too much. With all the commercials and it's just I honestly too much think, filler. and I know that they have to, they, you know, they, they every week they have to say, this is the biggest pay-per-view of all time. They got to say, this is the biggest rivalry you've ever seen. That's part of the job to overinflate everything. And so they can't act like part of Raw is less important than the rest of Raw. But I honestly feel like if they if the first hour was a pre-show was just designated like you can skip this, put it on the network. Like ninety percent of fans would still watch the pre-show. Yeah. But, but for fans like you, you would just tune in for the last two hours and be happier that you could just have it in two hours. Yes. You know, um, put it on the network. Make that the exclusive pre-show. All yeah. the dark matches. Or just have it. Or it could be targeted towards a really specific fan base. It's either cruiserweights or you say like. The first hour of Raw every week will be will have one 40-minute match, you know, and then we'll just book around that. They need to figure out what NXT is and how it fits into all of this. NXT is growing, but it's still, I think it's still not necessarily making a lot of money or any. I don't think it is, but it's it's the cachet of it. Even if you put that as the dark matches for two hours in front of Raw, it just, you know, you... I always read the Meltzer newsletter after they have these big things and he does the stars, which I really like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the NXT matches always have, they have better ratings for him. Now he is an all time wrestling. He loves the nitty gritty and sure. He, and the kind of wrestling he likes is might be different than most people, but it just seems like they're taking more chances in NXT. 
with yeah, a lot there, of the matches. I mean, and, and also there's just a very sort of old school storytelling that works better in the ring. You know, I mean, if it's a grudge match between, you know, Gargano and Ciampa that's been boiling for a year plus and for their careers before WWE, um, that's a once you get in the ring, half of the work has been done. You know, they just tell they can they have time to draw out these stories because they don't they have fewer big pay-per-views and they have f- many fewer hours of programming. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I think that they I think that it needs to expand. I mean, honestly, I've said this a million times, but I think that they should they can they can use a different name than NXT or they can have subdivisions, but they should open a school in Texas and a school in California and maybe a school in Canada and just have like just different broadcasts from each one, like rebuild the territories. Just go I have- all in. I have something I've been meaning to tell you for like a month. Are you I, opening a wrestling school? Is- Ivory made the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Are we just out of Hall of Famers now? Ivory? I think that the, I'm... I'm Why I does com- Frankie Williams make it? Yeah, I don't complain about the Hall of Fame. Well, because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's just like here are nine people we wanted to honor at WrestleMania. Yeah. And, and it, they're all Hall of Famers, but we don't have a Hall of Fame. Right. It's a, you kind of build a Hall of Fame class. It's like a fantasy draft, but you have to have some representation of each sort of wrestler, of each genre, of each era. Um, yeah, I, it's uh, Ivory. There's fine. a lot of other gripes with the Hall of Fame, but I think Ivory, if they just said she was on Glow and Glow is really like current right now because of this TV show, that would have even made more sense. Right. You know, but it's but you're right. I mean, she she had a good run. And but then it, not having a Hall of Fame is one of the great travesties of the 21st century. I feel century. like you could help make that happen. I've said it. I've said it to Triple H. I ask him every time I see him, where's where's the Hall of Fame? I'll take my son. <laughs> they have all the shit. When we did, were doing the Andre the Giant documentary, they have this massive, massive warehouse. The famous with, warehouse, like, yeah. Everything that's ever happened to WWE is in this warehouse. It's like, how are you not selling tickets for this? Yeah. If they announced that they're actually building a Hall of Fame, I feel like the stock would go up. And the stock's at like 40 right now. Maybe that maybe at this point they're the smart ones. Where if like if they built a Hall of Fame now, that they would actually be wasting money because like hologram technology or like VR is going to get so good that we're all just going to be going to VR Hall of Fames in five years. Oh, I like that. What watching VR matches? You could be in the middle of the ring. Um, when I played when I played uh, the video game with my son this weekend, I was the Macho Man, nineteen eighty eight Macho Man. So great, and it was great. His music was great. They gave him a bad hairdo. Some of these, the hairdos. Well, Macho and, had bad hair, so when you try to fake the hair, the, the fake bad version of Macho Man's already bad hair. And the other thing is, I won a Royal Rumble with Andre the Giant, and uh, my son was about as excited as I've ever seen him because he had gotten thrown out, and I was able to keep fighting four guys and pressing buttons and some. And, and you impressed him. I did. I really it was the most impressed I think he's ever been by me. But Andre the Giant had entrance music, which I thought was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, because I, the best thing about Andre the Giant was he never had wrestling music. The other weird thing was they used old Andre the Giant. You don't, you don't like get to have like, Andre? Se- yeah, they had the strap over the shoulder, yeah. kind of body breaking down Andre. And I want to use like 1976 Andre. Oh, old. You, I thought you meant like like earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah you want to like, use like super aerodynamic young Andre. I want to be like Andre who could actually jump out of the ring and Fantastic land on dudes. Stuff. And, yeah. Um, I would still say he's the number one most invincible wrestler if wrestling was real of all time. Oh, absolutely. Right? Who would be number two? Who's I mean, the, the only but the only person that would be more invincible than Andre would be if somebody was like, 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 if Abdul the Butcher, if everybody knew he had hepatitis, if indeed he has hepatitis <laughs> oh, or something, you know, like just that. Just the way. fear of Abdul the Butcher? <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. It's one. just the, sca- the, the irrational fear. 
I will say Vader had a moment for about nine months. Well, he could go. And that where guy, it seemed like Vader was the scariest person in the entire sure, I I saw him five years ago dragging a suitcase through a convention hall and was as scared as I've ever been. Did in it life. have a body in it? Huh? Yeah. No, no. It, <laughs> it was an like arm hanging out. One of, the of those rolly suitcases, man. When you get those big guys with the rolly suitcases, it looks like they're like pulling a like one of those like it looked like a the invisible dog leash, yeah. you know, because it's so small compared to them. And it's unbelievable what they can travel so light after all these years. I was uh, so loyal to WWF that I, I really didn't want NWA to ever be good. And th- same for WCW and never. Yeah. I was like, Ric Flair, eyes ah, overrated. He's uh-huh. doing a gorgeous Georgia impersonation. And just, I could come up with a counter for every guy they had. Invader was the one where I was like, ah, he's good. That sure. guy's good. That guy's a monster. Yeah, when he came to WWE, I mean, his heyday was in sort of a weird era for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can go back and watch some of those matches that he had with Shawn Michaels, and I mean, all I mean, there was he had wasn't some good w, stuff. Early NWA Vader was the the. He's the sort of guy that does. We're talking about NXT. One of the things that they do really well, and one of the reasons why their matches seem more important is because they darken the arena, you know. And there's something yep. about a dude like Vader emerging from the darkness. You know, and like with like fans like leaning over the railing to try to touch him and he's just sort of ignoring them or pushing them away that once you like give him uh, pyrotechnics and like fan and like theme music, it just it loses so much of its luster. And they did it, by the way, in WCW, he had that ridiculous elephant headdress that shot out steam. I didn't like that. I think just him as a badass, what you know, is is enough. But 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 for some reason to say he was the first one who had kind of that gimmick that we've seen a bunch of times since. What with the with the, the invincible frightening villain who? Oh no, there were guys before that were like, I mean, like Bruiser Brody was like that. There were a lot of people, but no, he, not like Vader though. He was he was different. I, he seemed like a modern version of it of just this. Yeah, I think what made him really compelling is that he wasn't just a monster, and this kind of goes back to the Braun Strowman conversation. Is that like he was he had managers, but he still seemed like capable of working on his own. You know, he was. He was he was he yeah. he wasn't he wasn't a crazy person. He wasn't a he wasn't like from parts unknown. He wasn't you know or maybe he was. I don't even remember. But he but he was he was just a giant, very athletic dude. You know, the biggest missed opportunity from that generation was Sid Vicious, who I always thought, well, really seemed like he was going to be an all all, all, all timer. He was sure. probably the Brock Lesnar type from. Well, he didn't. That era. He was just very athletic, too crazy. But, he, but he didn't. Yeah, he he was. That was on Sid. Yeah. Um, anyway. But I think I think we you, next time you talk to, next time you talk to Triple H, ask him about the v, if there's going to be a VR Hall of Fame. That's interesting. When I talk, I, I talked to Tom Phillips at WrestleMania weekend, who's the announcer on SmackDown, and he had just come back from doing uh, Access, where he had to call matches with fans for like three hours. Yeah, and they had like ten matches or twenty matches they could choose from, and they only got two minutes. Sometimes it was the big finish, sometimes it was a random part in the middle. But he had just been like sitting next to fans would just come in and sit next to him and it would be like, all right, it's the end of hell in a cell. And the fans would just be like, God, just like <laughs> screaming. <laughs> and so like his, he was voice was shredded. He had to work the next day. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, there's people love experiencing wrestling. And I think that's probably where we're going to go. If Any- there was a VR hall of fame, I would want to be able to talk to Pat Patterson as the oil painting of Pat Patterson wearing the same <laughs> shirt was 20 feet behind him would be my dream. It's like beauty and the beast. That should be the guide through the hall of fame. It's just oil painting Pat Patterson. Leading I love you along. oil painting Pat Patterson. I actually, Pat, if, could, if you have a will, could you leave me the oil painting? Oh, I might, would hang it in my living room. He might do it. It's so good. He might do it. Um, Jason, by the way, Jason, the director, very shrewdly um, positioned the camera so the painting was in the background. And we just giggled through every rough cut 
It's so great. I spilled the beans on the podcast we did before, and I was just like, there's an Easter egg. Somebody's got a painting behind them. You got to look for it. I missed it the first, the first cut that I saw. Everyone found it was so happy. Oh, I saw the Patterson oil painting. Yeah. It's the fun. And he's wearing the same color shirt. That's the best part. He dressed up as the painting. Yeah. Well, Wrestlers you know, are fucking crazy. He knows how he looks good. If I if I was Pat Patterson, I would have a painting of myself. Yeah. 100%. Who can blame him? Um, we got to get out of here. Let's run through backlash really quickly. Yeah, please. I'll give you my predictions and you just jump in if you have something to say. Um, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton in a, I can't believe this isn't 2004 match. Uh, Tell you one thing. I can only judge the young wrestling fan base by my son uh-huh. who loves jeff hardy yeah and jeff he's hardy natural, has a great man. youtube run where mm-hmm. you can go on jeff hardy watch 10 hours but he's also got the entrance and my son can imitate that and he's crazy and there's just a lot to like with jeff hardy right now um i like that he's it's it's kind of crazy that his body is evolving from like he's so skinny i can't believe he's a wrestler to he now he just looks like the world champion in 1975 like yeah he's, he's got the great old man build the older that he gets phenomenal um He's I, my number one pick if they make if Mickey Rourke makes the wrestler two. Oh like wow! Jeff Hardy ten years from now, I think is the wrestler t- I, two. He Jeff Hardy has impressed me a lot in his run, and Randy Orton, he just goes out there every week and like gets the job done. And when and, and I th- I kind of like him in this in this U.S. title picture for SmackDown right now. Um, I think Hardy's going to keep it, but neither but either him or Orton neither would surprise me. Do you have a pick? Just ride Jeff Hardy. I agree. Um, Bron. <laughs> Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. We didn't even talk about Bobby Lashley, which is perfect because, like, I don't know what there is to say about Bobby Lashley. I have no opinion at all. Um, I I think that oh man, this is a waste. Of I Braun think that Strowman. Owens and Zayn need a win, so I'm just going to go with that. But Braun Strowman will probably just like do it all. And it, I'd rather see Braun Strowman as Braun Strowman as the special referee in a bigger match where you know he's going to get involved. Yeah, in this match, I could see Strowman and Lashley just like being a really irritating like high-fiving bad version of the mega powers and wwe thinking it's going to work anyway but kevin owens and Sami Zayn should just repeatedly break up and turn on each other but then get back together oh yeah they should should be like a really dysfunctional on-off relationship almost like a real relationship they should just break up mid-match yeah and then somehow pull out a win and then they get it then they have a rut then they make up at the match and then it's like it's they're the couple in your life that you can't wait for the couple to break up but Mm -hmm. they keep getting back together that's what i would do with them uh, I love that idea. Thank you. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Um, Another kind of, one where I'm just going to be watching, cringing the whole time that Daniel Bryan doesn't yeah. get hurt. See, for me, that's Kurt Angle. Every And, and he manages to go headfirst over the top rope every time he gets in a match now. And, and it's so See, hard I feel, to watch. I feel like Kurt Angle should have died 10 years ago. And so it's every, just, we're on bonus yeah, time now? Yeah, we're on bonus time. We're in extra time. Um, this will be interesting. I mean, Daniel Bryan's obviously changed his style some to to accommodate his new lease on life. So I... I, I I'm excited to see this. And this is big for Cass. No pun intended. I think they have uh, missed the boat on big Cass. You don't think it's going to ever happen? No, I just think that it was a good asset that they just screwed up. Well, they're giving him another shot on SmackDown. We'll see how this goes. Um, also from SmackDown, the women's championship match, Carmella versus Charlotte Flair. Carmella won the ma- won the, the title via cashing in her money in the bank briefcase after Charlotte was completely beaten down by the Iconics. I got to say, I think Charlotte Flair is one of like the seven best people they have. Oh, yeah. And I, and she's a very good wrestler. Her faces are great. Yeah. When it when she's crying, I really feel like she's crying. Yeah. 
she's one of the few wrestlers ever that I'm like, wow, she's actually really upset. I f- I'm worried. She's really great. She's just good. She's a good actress. It's weird because she's she has everything. She's the workhorse. Like she can she's she's like the Bret Hart of the division, but like she's also built like the Hulk Hogan of the division. So when they yeah. bring in someone like Rousey, I can see why they they have them on different shows. But it's like, why isn't Charlotte just like an epic long-term champion that nobody can touch? Well, you can't book like that anymore is the answer. But like, it's she's she's really incredible. Also, a, a top three draft pick for who should be in the next kind of shitty WWE movie that I watched 10 times. Oh, yeah. If they, if Charlotte, like those John Cena movie plots. If By they, the way, I've seen every John Cena movie. If they movie. figure out the right role for Charlotte, that yeah, could be perfect. Yeah, she's like her... Her husband gets killed and she gets revenge, but then it turns out her husband's been alive all along and he's a bad guy and he faked his death and now she has to <laughs> kill everybody. I'm ready. Charlotte Flair, I just gave you the movie. Fantastic. Has I'm, some sort of wrestling I'm all title. I'm on this. <laughs> like uh, Dead or Alive. They, or yeah, like they never give him real wrestling titles, so it could be anything. Well, 12 dead rounds or alive was fine. The, the furthest. Like, yeah. the, some sort of fighting slash. Yeah. Charlotte uh, Flair, make the movie. I just gave it to you. You can have it. Um. Yeah. No. No. We're we're gonna edit that out so I can write the script tonight. Um. The, <laughs> Dead or alive. Also, Raw Women's Championship match: Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. I love Nia Jax. They've been using her a lot to put over other people since she won the title at WrestleMania, which is weird. And and not and I mean like make other babyface women like you know stand with them and raise their hands in victory. It's been kind of odd. Nia Jax is awesome. Yet another reason why I think SmackDown should be an all women show. And it hurt my feelings when uh, who was the wrestler who made fun of that she was fat. Alexa Bliss. That hurt my feelings. Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like body shaming. Alexa's- Alexa Bliss, who just got implants, by the way. I don't Al- like where her career's going. Alexa's, Alexa's uh, I don't think they're new, but Alexa, Alexa's- I think she uh, redid them. Alexa's body shaming and uh, and, ver- and and like and reverse bullying is sort of like, like going, is like the old heel tactic of going racist. You know I mean? It's yeah. just, it's like so over the top. And it's so, about and- as far as you can go right now, because as you just said, you- can't be racist anymore. Not the you way can you never see. have the adorable Adrian Adonis gay bashing no. uh, year long storyline. There's a lot of things you can't do. And the body shaming feels like the the third rail almost. Like, oh my God, yeah. she's called her fat. It's good. It's it's good heel heat. Um I see title match, Seth Rollins is your champion versus the Miz, who's on SmackDown. So the the odds of him winning seem pretty slim. It seemed like it was over for the Miz three times over the last eight years. Yeah. And he's just gaining steam somehow. Him with that when when his wife left, when his wife had a child and went off TV, I was very worried because she had brought so much back to to him in spirit. But all he needed was this crazy new outfit that he's wearing with just like the headband and the high collar and the sunglasses. Yeah. And he he just he he keeps going. And I and I thought I worried that he was going to lose some luster on SmackDown on Tuesday yeah. night. He was phenomenal. I've been with him since Real World New York, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, he was great that year. He pretended to be a wrestler on the show. Unbelievable. Which seems like a million years ago. I remember how, how thinking The Miz was the dumbest name that he could have chosen for himself. Yeah, it was like, oh, look, this guy's cute. He's doing, is he basically might have been my son. Right. And then goes into the challenges. It was one of the first great challenge, kind of the pre-Johnny Bananas era. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm actually going to try wrestling. I was like, this is ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Does well. Somehow wins the title. Comes over to my house, does a podcast. Things are great. And then it started to fade off and it was like, well, that was a nice run. Now he'll go back to MTV and he's reinventing. Like if you did a column of the 12 different Miz gimmicks over the last 15 years, yep. all of them are different gimmicks. Yeah. Really has put a lot of creative thought into now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to zig the this way. Now evolution. I'm going to zag yeah. the other way. 
Very smart career. Um, he's not going to win, I don't think, on Sunday, but I don't think it matters. He's phenomenal. No. Great um, job, the Miz. The WWE Championship match, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, which is now a no disqualification match, which is great because Nakamura um, has been low-blowing AJ Styles nonstop over the past couple Does of months. Does it hurt when you reach under the guy and you actually go further with your fists than his balls? You mean you come do up? like the forearm hook rack? I feel like they figured out how to not hit you in the balls when they do that. That's the way that China used to do it, too. I think it's I think it telegraphs better to the back row. It lo- you have to be able to see that from a distance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I like it, man. I like what they're doing with Nakamura. I think that... Training- Great heat. I li- There's nothing better in wrestling than the begrudging respect handshake that's going to end badly. Oh, yeah. The 10 seconds are the, oh, this is, oh, wait, he's going to get cheap shot. This feels like, this feels like the time to give Nakamura the title, even if it's just to, you know, let him have it for a month and see how he does. But we'll what see. What do we think about his entrance? Oh, it's fantastic. What's the shelf life of it? Well, they changed it since he turned heel. They made they they made it more of like a rap. They have like a Japanese rap rock band that's sort yeah. of covering his old theme. His it was too good. It was too many people cheered it too much. You know, I would like to see. Him. He needs a manager and entourage. I would. I think he has the most potential to grow over the next nine months. It's good. And then the other guy in that in the in the title picture on SmackDown right now. Um, we didn't least, give a prediction. Oh, I'm gonna go with Nakamura. Me too. Um, AJ will probably very well may win, but uh, the other guy in the in the title picture over there is wrestling Roman Reigns on Sunday in another cross-brand match, Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns in the grudge match that might have been for the Universal title, but now is just a match. Um, I th- Samoa Joe, is, we've been waiting for how many mo- years now? This is fantastic. Like seven, eight he, years he's, for he's him he's to have the, a moment? He's in the power rankings. He has so much value. Every, every time they put a mic in his hand or put him in the ring, he excels. Great villain. Really feels like he's villainous. Yeah, but doesn't feel, but 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 you believe him when yeah. he's like, I deserve I really to do. be. Like, I feel like he's like that in real life. Yeah, if he came into the ringer and did a podcast, I told this I story. Like I've you. told this story before about when we were, he was at WrestleMania in um, San Jose. He was having dinner. You were there. I th- I'm pretty sure you were there, but like it was, you know, all of the, all of your WrestleMania buddies. You know, Bill yeah. was there, and Nick Khan was there, or whatever, and and there's some other other agent type people. And I and I know knew Joe a little bit because he's friends with Rosenberg and, yeah. and you know we've said hi a bunch of times and and um, that's the I think that was the night that he wrestled in NXT and flew out of the ring and his head and he like bled all over Stephanie McMahon and her family and yeah. I was just like it was a great match but also it could have been a night where I thought he might have been a little bit concerned about his future yeah uh, for a lot of reasons but so I I just went over to say like hey great match that was it all that is to say i was just going to i just i just told him he had a good match and he threw an onion soup at you no he was that it's close but i i made the mistake of approaching him from behind oh no you can't do that you, Samoa Joe. you can't i mean it's nah. so it's so real but nah. he was sitting at the table i think he was with nick Connor or somebody he was whoever he was with saw me approaching and smiled and i walked up and but i just put my hand on his shoulder before he before he knew i was there can't do that. and i thought i was going to die yeah it was like it was like oh I'm gonna pet the like when someone's like hey pet this alligator I have it trained you know yeah. you're just like no this is a terrible idea anyway Samojo is a wonderful scary heel we love um, you Samojo do you think Don't he's gonna us. win this is actually a good question this will this will this will see how far they're gonna let Roman fall no I think uh, nobody wins I think it's a count out or disqualification that's a, that's a really strong call if yeah. I have to make a pick, there's no winner in this I'm gonna say Roman Reigns but I hope for Samojo's sake that they they give him this shot all right that's it we got to go to a meeting. Whole- Huh? That's the whole card? AJ versus Shinsuke. What's the main the, event? That's AJ versus Nakamura is the is the main event, I think. Wait, before we go, can I say one thing? Sure. 
I think you need to feud with somebody to to get more heat for the podcast. I've thought about it before. I know who you should feud with. Who is it? That coward Rosenberg. <laughs> that loser who's in New we, York. We he's would- Mr. ESPN. He's drinking ESPN Kool-Aid. He's on three shows. He thinks he's so, so hot. Who the hell are you, Rosenberg? It's a good point. You're For, a coward. I, I, I want everyone are. to know that you I never come on this podcast, turned, coward Rosenberg. I, I think everyone bok, needs bok, bok. everyone needs to know that I turned down that complex show before he accepted it. Yeah. Um, so that, who are you? Why yeah, do you he, wear Why do you wear a hat when you're indoors all the time, Rosenberg? <laughs> what are you hiding? What are you afraid Same, of? I'm wearing a hat right now. The um, <laughs> uh, you know, when we when I came when I signed on with the Ringer, we yeah. we we did it like a wrestling storyline. Yeah, and we were kind of like teasing a feud with all the fans, and then we very quickly realized that the fans were just going to take sides. Like it, it wasn't going to be like, oh, yeah. I'm li- it's not like I'm watching Raw and SmackDown to find out which brand is going to win. They were they just every, one or the Everybody other. was just like, oh, I just I deleted Rosenberg. I deleted Shoemaker from Twitter and Facebook, and now and and their streams and everything else. Like I'm not just gonna I'm just not gonna listen. Let's feud with Rosenberg. All right, man. We'll I go hate after him. him on Twitter. I'll take some shots. I hate him. I'll post some pictures of me and Charlemagne together. I'll uh, just, we can get under do his more skin. Of that? We'll get more of that. <laughs> we'll get really under him. We'll call That's... him Mr. ESPN. He's drinking the ESPN. Fantastic. Kool-Aid. I don't need it. All set up for our SummerSlam podcast match. Rosenberg, if you're listening right now, I don't need your comp tickets to WWE events anymore. <laughs> I'm standing on my own two feet. And uh Rosenberg, and- <laughs> you've never been the same since Shoemaker left you. Oh man. All right. This shoot is on. I appreciate you kicking me in the ass. Uh and you get and- some heat. Are you a good guy or a bad guy in this? Or the crowd's gonna decide it for us. I think I they I think they're gonna I think book- Rosenberg's a bad guy. Rosenberg's definitely He's New York. Rosenberg's definitely a heel. I'm definitely gonna get booked as a baby face, but it's on the fans. They might double turn us in no time. There's no telling, man. I'm coming out if somebody if one of you crazy people out there on WWE 2K18 can create Rosenberg as Shoemaker as wrestlers and me as the as the manager for Shoemaker <laughs> and put a whole match, we will run it on the ringer.com YouTube channel. Create the match, play it out, we'll put it on. Oh, man. And make sure Rosenberg gets beaten up by both of us. Then we'll really run it. Um, well, well let's see if this can happen. I'm He's all a, in. It's not our fault. He's afraid to come on. Um, all right, Rosenberg, you're that. We got we like we're we're looking at you. Rosen coward is what I call him. <laughs> Rosen bum. Rosen bum. That's that's getting old school. All right. All right. I rem- Ro- oh, you know what would be a good thing for the rest of you? I remember when Rosenberg was a good guy, humble guy. <laughs> humble guy. <laughs> took care of his friends and his family, never thought he was hot shit. And then this guy who he's become the last three years. I don't even know this Rosenberg anymore. Let me tell you something, brother. You aren't anything. I was wiping your ass five years ago. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Listen, it's on. This feud is 100% on. Yeah, let's do it. We need we need to get a feud going. All right, I'm in. Um, thanks for coming on, man. This was fun. This was a lot of fun for me, too. Thanks, Jim. And thanks, thanks Jim everybody, Cunningham. for listening. We'll see you back, except for Rosenberg. Yes, Paul you, Rosenberg. Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week. Go to hell, Rosenberg. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Mass Man Show. It was a sausage party. Do the Road Warriors have a checking account? I was wiping your ass five years ago. My God, I-